0: West College Hockey Podcast from the Summer State Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your face and your game to the premier ACHAM1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as... $10 a room. You Follow the Skate and Rebels Championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Trury Inns and Suites, travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at truryhotels.com. University of Oklahoma Hockey, big school, big dreams. For schedules and tickets, go to ouhockey.net at t Wireless. Where both new and existing customers always get our best deals. University of Arizona hockey. Be part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit arizonawildcathockey.org. Summer skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at summerskates.com and show your game in comfort and style. University of Central Oklahoma. A top-ranked education and an elite college hockey experience. For more information, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. San Diego State Hockey, Sun, Sand, and Hockey, as well as a top flight education at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh.
1: All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. This, of course, is our Wednesday night staple to where we talk ACHA D1 hockey. Scott Strandy with you today from beautiful Denver, Colorado. My co-host, as always, from that vibrant, beautiful city of Las Vegas, Nevada, Stephen Marsh. Stephen, how are you?
2: Oh, it's vibrant, as usual. <laughs> a lot going on here. We've got preseason hockey. we got preseason basketball today. We had another th- basketball thing at Dallon, so we got golf here this weekend. We've got UNLV hockey this weekend, which, of course, we're going to talk about, which is a big deal. And And then there's... There, what is going on on Saturday? There's something going on on Saturday. Oh, yeah, there's a big football game here between the Catholics and the Mormons. So, I mean, there's just a lot going on here this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, everything is, is going
1: well. Awesome. Well, glad to hear that. Uh, ACHA hockey's been rolling for a little while now, but I think it really got started, Stephen, last weekend, about the same time NCAA hockey got started. We do I'm still trying to being... catch up. I'm still
2: trying to catch up from all the all the scores and the results that happened over the. I mean, there was hockey on Wednesday and thir- there was a game Thursday. There was a game Friday, Saturday, happened to be one Sunday. Yeah, I mean that was like, <laughs> I mean, there was a lot going on.
1: Absolutely, there was, and the WCHL was uh, certainly involved in that mix. And uh, there are some teams that are undefeated and right near the top. I think uh, one that we expect and two that are, uh, and again, it's early, so some of the teams haven't even played uh, conference games yet, but um, uh, a couple of teams that uh, maybe are a bit surprising based on past performances over the last few years, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, you, of course, made the trip to uh, Denver, Colorado and um, partied it up right in my uh, my neck of the woods.
2: Yeah, yeah, very spacious, uh, <laughs> spacious, uh, very spacious,
1: uh, <laughs> Situation anyway. I had there. <laughs> anyway, um, you were here to watch Denver play uh, the national NCAA champion, Denver Pioneers. First time in history that I've found, I haven't found anywhere else again where an ACHA team has played an exhibition against the reigning, defending national champ, the reigning national champions of NCAA hockey. So it was history in the making. There was other history, and I'll get into that uh, down the road, but. Uh, The uniqueness of that was you got to watch that at Magnus Arena. And then um, later, uh, well, how do I say this? That week, Thursday, apparently they put together another game of the top two ACHA teams in the country, and they found a rink. um, We'll just call it that. uh, A barn. We can call it a barn. How about that? A hangar. Can we call it a hangar? Uh, In Denver. Whatever you want want to call it. to where UNLV and UCO played on Sunday. You were able to get to that one, too. So bonus hockey for you. So uh, let's start the show off with that because number one and number two played, and then, of course, uh, UNLV. So we'll start with Magnus first. What was the experience like? Tell everybody uh, what you witnessed. I know the score didn't go the way UNLV wanted, but um, you know what? It was a great experience, right?
2: Yeah, I think for sure. I, you know, you look at the the game itself it was a 10 nothing game and and granted, as you mentioned denver is the ncaa uh champions the reigning champs the, you know the nine time champs in their history and so they're they're a really good team and you kept telling me and and I do listen to you I know you say sometimes if if, if so anybody will listen to you Well, I was listening to you you were telling me <laughs> how much uh how much faster it looked like denver had gotten now you from what i understand a lot of you know the lot of the roster came back but they they did lose some some players. Of course, they've got like nine, ten. I don't know how many NHL draft uh, draft picks they have on their on their team. So it's it's quite a bit. But so all that considering, then you have UNLV coming in. It's the top ACHA, one of the top ACHA programs in the in the country right now, coming into this season since Lindenwood uh, left to go to the NCAA level. And uh, uh, there's a lot of crossover here. NCAA, ACHA. I gotta make sure I get all right here because uh, <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of crossing. Crossing over my lane here, but 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 there we go. But anyways, uh, but yeah. So they have UNLV coming into to a place like Magnus Arena, uh, you know, a, a good crowd, a good f- a facility. Obviously, uh, a lot of big games happen there, and and yeah, I think I think UNLV was certainly um, they felt like they they belong there. I think. I mean, I mean, I, I think you know, maybe ta- talent wise, they're maybe not at that level yet. But I just think I was looking at them on the bench there next to you know, Denver's team and just, and just the, the way it was all put together. I'm just thinking, you know, this, this, this can suit UNLV in the future. I, I we, We've talked so much about how the NCAA, uh, is, is in the, is, is a, is a goal of their, of that program, I think to get to that level. And, and certainly that's, there's been a lot of talk of that. I think the last, a uh, little bit here because of this, this big matchup with Denver that they had, uh, there's been some articles out there by college, uh, news publications and stuff. And. And uh, I think it's uh it's it's positive. Uh, you Nick Raboni's been making rounds on local radio here. Of course, they're promoting their big weekend coming up here, which we'll get to in a little bit. But um, it I just think it was a great experience for them to to be that. Now I did talk to the Denver guys after the the game after their win, and and my focus on my questions was to ask them about uh, UNLV a little bit and what they saw from that team. And and um, you know I think they were they were impressed by how good they were, and, and certainly David Carl, uh, the head coach of Denver, was. Uh, said that they could, you know, be a good team, uh, have a lot of success at their level this year because of, of how good they they are. I think one thing for UNLV that, and I think it kind of carried over into Sunday a little bit when they played uh, Central Oklahoma, is the penalties. Uh, you know, sometimes they kind of get into this, this kind of, um, this mode where they just take penalties that really aren't really necessary. After whistle stuff, you know, you you want to stick up for your team, but you just kind of. And that happened uh, in the Denver game, certainly. I think Denver ended up with six power play goals, six of nine. Um, so you take away that, and, and maybe it's a closer game than a 10 nothing game. You know, Zach Wixon was great. This is this is the thing I – and, you know, I don't know how – I mean, it's probably calculated the same as, as at any level, but the shots to me were quite alarming to me. Uh, the Denver ended up with 91 shots uh, in that game. For uh, for UNLV or for Denver, and UNLV ended up with 33. So I mean that's 91 shots. So that means 81 saves <laughs> by the Denver gold or by the UNLV goaltending between Zach Wicksen, who played the two, first two periods, and then uh, Vince Benedetto, who played the third period. So uh,
1: that that's all so much-
2: I want. All I want to know on that is where was the defense?
1: <laughs> How do you get off 91 shots? It doesn't hardly really seem even possible.
2: And here I thought uh, an NHL game last night that I witnessed had 53 shots by a team in a preseason game. I'm thinking that's that's pretty un- unlikely at that level. And I'm, certainly, 91 shots by in a three-period game seems really uh, really unlikely. But uh, but that was the case. And so you know you look at the game itself, and we don't have to go through the the scores and who scored and stuff. That's you know that's NCA stuff. That's more for your NCA audience on the other shows. But uh, you know I just think it's overall from a, from a UNLV from an ACHA perspective, I think it's just another example of of how the respect that the ACHA teams get Uh, obviously Lindenwood last year being invited to play, to play Denver. Uh, Of course, Lindenwood now at the NCAA level, UNLV playing Denver, they're going to have some more uh, NCAA games this year with uh, Alaska, Anchorage, Um, you know, and I think other, uh, I think NCAA programs need an exhibition game. uh, They can come and and ask an ACHA program to come and, and uh, you know what, and sometimes you never know. Sometimes it's it's competitive, more competitive than you than you want it to be. But that's why you have these kind of matchups at the beginnings of seasons. It kind of gets teams going. I think for Denver it was good because they were able to kind of, you know, they, this was the end of their camp. They've got some big games coming up, and obviously you know more about that than I do, but their schedule. But it's it's a real, you know, it's a real gauntlet of schedule that that Denver faces as they try to as they try to defend their championship at that level. And then for UNLV side of things, it's a good way to really. Start your season, kind of get that whiplash, exactly what the best of the best is like, and playing at that level, and to help you to compete at the ACHA level, it gives you kind of an upper hand there because that team has gotten better too. UNLV has brought in some some good players. They have a couple of uh, NCA Division One transfers as, as the, themselves, so they had a couple of guys on the team that that experience playing in those kind of games. So I think that helps them. That's going to bode well for for the ACHA schedule. You talked about Sunday. The next day they they played Central Oklahoma and and uh and I think that that helped him too, so uh, I think it's it was good for both teams to to kind of have that uh have that experience. certainly you would not want a ten nothing game, but I think even know we can still
1: take a lot out of it. yeah, well, it was a start for both teams, as you mentioned, so uh Denver was definitely trying to uh, uh work on a few things in preparation for uh what's going to happen here Friday and Saturday, which is the icebreaker tournament with Notre Dame, Maine, and air force also participating. They'll be uh, first time ever. They've split the, uh, the icebreaker where they'll play one, uh, one two teams will play in Denver on Friday. Two teams will play in uh, Colorado Springs at the air force Academy on Friday, and then they'll flip flop teams. And uh, the uh, Maine will go to Denver and Notre Dame will come back down to uh, air force. So that's unique. So that's what they got underway. Okay, so Sunday, um, a hastily thrown together game, um, but definitely a, a big game because it was number one and number two in the rankings uh, that came out and played each other at the, uh, the hangar. Let's call it that. The old uh, downtown Stapleton International Airport uh, area, the arena, what do they call it? The, uh, the, the Big Bear? Big Bear
2: Big Bear Ice Arena, yes.
1: All right, so you had a chance to watch number one, UCL versus number two, UNLV. <laughs> And um, and you talked uh, well, about. Well, I think you watched it. You were having a hard time <laughs> through the glass. Well, I was just I gonna say,
2: really I, I think it's, I think it's a, it's, it's an example of like the complete opposite end of the spectrum. You go from playing at Magnus Arena in this NCAA environment, and also, you know, also from the UNLV's perspective at least, and they, they had that, and then, and then you go to this next day, they find this this rink that they were able to find that can host this game on on short notice, uh, in, an, in a Big, basically, an old uh, airline uh, airplane hangar uh, there in, in the Denver area, and uh, so you have that. And of course, the glass is so used and beat up that it's so many marks and stuff. It's hard to see through it. Um, it's chilly in there, but you know that's a lot of ice rings. So that's not that's not a big deal there. And then and then there's the, the, no music, no place for people to really sit and watch the fan. I think it's 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 a Ice for, I think a lot of young kids come and skate because you go into the lobby, the tables were really low. Like you have like an elementary school cafeteria or something where, you know, it's a lot of young kids you can sit in there and, and put their skates on or whatever. So a lot of I think it was geared for that. But uh, but yeah, what a matchup to have number one and number two uh, come together. Uh, kind of a, it's it's not the, how you dream it up, really, when you think <laughs> about it, but, which but makes don't it don't, kind but, of the A.C.H.A. at its serious. finest, because it's like, <laughs> you you have the opportunity to to do that and and the opportunity presented itself because unlv's uh flight was got changed to 10 p.m sunday night they were gonna uh, so they they were gonna be stuck in denver till then they saw that central oklahoma was already in town playing colorado state the last couple of nights friday and saturday and they're traveling by bus this big sleeper bus so it's you know they 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 could just push that when they leave you know so uh, so we, coaches from UNLV, Anthony vigneri Greener, Nick Raboni, reached out to head coach of uh, UCO, Mike Rivera, and asked if they would would put this game, if you would be interested in putting this uh, playing us on that Sunday. And uh, UCO jumped right all over it. They, they they saw it as a good opportunity for them to have another high quality game on their schedule early in the season. Um, you know, at a neutral site. Uh, so that was exciting. It. it, it the only thing one made sure it was going to count as an official ACHA game, and it did it, for rankings and, and all that purposes. So, so, that was- so let's clarify
1: that because a lot of people have asked. It was not counted as a conference game because that schedule had already been built out, but it was counted as an ACHA game, which gives them points in the computer rankings, correct?
2: Yes, yeah. It's an official yeah. game for, for record-wise, uh, score, score-wise, stats-wise, uh, you know, all.
1: J- all just stuff. not the conference, just, just does non-conference just, game. J-
2: but it, for WCHL purposes, it won't it won't count because uh, those those schedules are already made out and the way that's that's scheduled, which each team uh, that's already set. So, uh, and then and these two teams weren't scheduled to meet in the conference schedule this year. So, uh, or in the whole season schedule this year. So, um, you know, I think it was an b- opportunity for for UNLV who uh, and they seem like on a mission this year. They, they they really feel like they can win the the championship. And I think last year the way the season ended at the hands of University of Central Oklahoma actually ended losing to them three times in the season, twice at Central Oklahoma and then in the national tournament. And so when they saw that they ha- maybe had this opportunity to to play them in, in this kind of a uh, setting, uh, you know, to have a chance to play them, they're number one now. UCO is UNLV is number two in the in the preseason rankings, and uh, they have a chance to to play them and try to avenge the uh, tournament from last year. Uh, that was great, and so they they were excited for that opportunity, and then for Central Oklahoma side to have an opportunity to play another game against a high-quality opponent that could help them in their rankings because UCO is still trying to find themselves a little bit because they, they kind of got shocked their first week in losing a, a split or getting a split with Maryville at home. And then, of course, had a couple of wins against Colorado State. So they thought of it as an opportunity. Well, hey, if we can we can get this game with UNLV in, we can we can beat them, and that would be really good, kind of maybe help take off the sting of that Maryville loss early in this their first weekend of the year. Of course, that didn't happen from Central Oklahoma's perspective. They ended up losing the game. But uh, still, I think, you know, it's it was a good opportunity for them, and I think it just helps the, the strength of their schedule. And certainly for UNLV, it kind of kind of goes into this big weekend they have here in Vegas. And, and it, it kind of takes off some of the sting of the Denver experience, too, with the 10 nothing loss on the score side of it, that they were able to at least come back the next day, having played that game, and, uh, and beat the number one team and the team that knocked them out of the tournament last year.
1: Yeah, it would have been really unique if somehow they'd have been able to work that out where they could have played at Magnus, but obviously much, much more expensive to play in Magnus, uh, even if they were available, if it was available, which I'm not even sure it was, but if it had been, that would have been kind of fun to see UCO and UNLV uh, on Sunday afternoon in Magnus, but anyway, so so you had a great weekend, Uh, I of course was off covering NCAA stuff, but um, a lot of things happening, and I want to get right now, Stephen, to the uh, current standings of the WCHL because um, I believe everybody thinks Central Oklahoma is going to be near the top, if not the top. They think UNLV will be there. Well, before we talk about Arizona.
2: Well, we we didn't actually – I don't think we ever officially mentioned this. The WCHL uh, preseason coaches poll came out a couple of weeks ago before the season really got going. And you're, you're right. Central Oklahoma was picked to finish first, UNLV second, Missouri State third, Arizona fourth, Arizona State fifth, sixth is Utah I'm just going to go through this because I think it's going to get to where you're saying where things are at right now. Grand Canyon 7, Colorado 8, Colorado State 9, and Oklahoma 10. Okay, now tell us what the standings are right now because it is a little bit of a surprise right now, at least in the yes. early going on. It's still very early in the season. Some teams haven't played a conference game. Some have played some. But but it is kind of surprising to see some of the teams right now at well, the top.
1: Yeah, well, there's three teams, Missouri State, UNLV, and Arizona, that have not yet played a league game so uh, or conference game. So, so they're not really – figured into where they would stand on this. Um, Colorado State, Grand Canyon, and uh, Oklahoma have played just, uh, uh, let me see, Colorado State and Oklahoma have played two, and Grand Canyon one. Um, and unfortunately, they haven't been able to uh, accumulate any points. I believe uh, they've all all surmounted in, uh, if I'm not correct here, hold on a second. Oh, actually, uh, hold on, let me see. Okay. Well,
2: well,
1: you have, you we'll have a – Okay, well, we'll get into that in just a minute. I, well you have Oklahoma
2: Well Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma's 0 for two in their two games, uh two league games. Grand Canyon has only played one and they and they lost that game. Colorado State has played two league games and have lost both those games.
1: Okay, so they have no points.
2: They have no points as of right now.
1: Okay, okay. I see that now. I just had to open my eyes. <laughs> which which steven you know i've had a hard time doing lately because i'm really tired well anyway.
2: it, it is but you know this is this is a podcast i know people can't see us and they can only hear us but we still have to be able to see things to be able to right. talk about what we're doing we can't close our people can close our their eyes and listen to us maybe as they're falling asleep or something which i'm sure people do
1: yeah uh, so they can have their
2: eyes closed but we can't because we still gotta look at our screens and look at our notes and and the studious uh, preparation that you and i do on a weekly basis for this Program.
1: Absolutely. So let's jump into the teams that have played games and have accumulated points. Uh, Utah has played three games. Um, they've earned three points with uh, one win and uh, two losses. And then here comes the surprising part, not so much Oklahoma or central Oklahoma who has played two league games and earned six points. Um, but Arizona state rebounding a little bit from the, the problems they've had over the last couple of years, two league games, earned six points. And how about the Colorado Buffaloes? Picked like ninth, weren't they? Eighth or ninth in your poll, uh, in the uh, coaches' poll, and they're off to an undefeated start, both in conference and out of conference. And they uh, played two conference games, got six points. I know they traveled to San Diego State and won two on the road there. So, um, and they played Metro, Denver Metro, and I think won both games there. So, uh, Benny Toller has uh, really got the uh, the Buffalo's playing some good hockey. I had a chance to text with him a couple of minutes today because I was trying to get him on the show tonight. And, uh, and he's, he's excited. He said, I know the season's still young, but the guys are putting in a lot of effort. And, um, okay, so the point of that all being is uh, this parity thing. <laughs> it's crazy. I told you this year, at the very start of the year, I said, I think this could be the year where the WCHL gets six teams in the national tournament. That would be unheard of for one conference to get, um, you know, nearly a a third. Well, yeah, I was gonna say
2: there's 20 teams that get in in the national tournament, and so you're saying six gets in, so that's a little bit more than, or a little bit less than 33%. So
1: yeah, so so let me tell you, Central Oklahoma I think is going in. I think uh, UNLV is going in. I think there's a really good chance of Missouri State and Arizona getting in. So there's four. So that leaves you with uh, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, Colorado State, Grand Canyon, and Oklahoma. Now, I've seen Oklahoma play. The, they're, they're pretty good. Their coach, we had him on the show a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago now, I think. And um, that Peter Arbanitas has got them playing some really good, uh, solid hockey. So do not uh, at all overlook Oklahoma. We know what Danny Roy does at Grand Canyon. So those two teams down at the bottom of the conference standings out early in the year, um, both have opportunities to make some noise. I haven't had a chance to see Colorado state yet. Um, but we know what Chad Berman does at Arizona. We know what UNLV and, and Anthony and Nick do there. Um, we know the guys at Missouri state with, uh, Jeremy and, uh, and cliff over there, what they do. We know what, uh, Morgan does at Utah. We know what Benny does, as I just said, at Colorado. We know what uh, Arizona State's doing now with their new coaching staff, including Keith Carney as uh, an assistant. And uh, we know what Michael Rivera does at Central Oklahoma. So if they get six in, I wouldn't be surprised at all.
2: No, I wouldn't be surprised either. I think four is certainly, I think that's what we ended up with last year was four. And I think that's the most likely I think a fifth one I think is is possible possible Utah last year was right on the cusp but the, so they were they were could have been a fifth fifth team uh so I think this year I think you're right I think I think the four teams that got in last year probably are primed again in this, again this year Central Oklahoma Missouri State UNLV uh Arizona uh but I, I think of the team like Arizona State is certainly a lot better and I think they They can get a spot in, and I think they, I think they might, I think they might get a spot in. Uh, So that leaves that's a fifth team right there, and then you can make the argument that maybe a Utah, although Utah's kind of, you know, they're one and two to start the year, and then they're going to be here in Vegas this weekend, so they're going to those going to be two tough games against UNLV. So that could be, and they haven't played a home game yet. So if they can get out of this, and they're they're going to either come out of this one and four, or maybe they're going to be two and three, maybe they shock and win bowl. I mean, it's this this I think this weekend for Utah is a big win. I haven't been home. They haven't played a home game yet, but this early in the season, you've already played three WCHL games. You're, I think their schedule in, in general is pretty conference heavy, so I don't think they play a lot out of the conference. But uh, so if, if they go, they start one and four. They lose both games against UNLV. Um, that's already going to put them really at a. At a gonna be a tough hill to am not saying they can't do it because this league you never know especially with with how uh, computers calculate the the games and stuff with the scores. so uh but uh, you know utah you know maybe there but maybe a colorado maybe that is not going to be that that sixth that possible sixth uh bubble team that can get in uh you know it's very early for them that yes they had a couple of wins i think they've had i think they're six wins overall but Two against San Diego State, a fairly new program in, at the ACHA Division One level, so they're still trying to figure things out there. The two wins that Metro uh, Denver was a D two team, so you know. So really, the two wins that they had in conference against, uh, I believe it was o- Oklahoma. I believe is who they played. Yeah, um, correct. And Oklahoma's still a team that's kind of, you know, they're they're better, but they're still, you know, they're. So you know, Colorado. Yes, they've had a really good season, and I'm not trying to to to, to down them. I just you look at the wins that they've had; they're not like these big signature wins yet, but they're still wins, and I guess that's how the you know at the ACHA that's really what matters because it does go into the computer that way. Okay, uh,
1: but I so uh, let me let me interrupt you for a minute because there's two important things to know about this. Number one is sometimes um, really strong conferences tend to knock each other around and knock each other out of the competition. Um, so that's one thing to keep your eye on uh, this season in the WCHL. The other thing. Is that playing against top-ranked teams and if your conference is loaded with them that continually gets you points with the computer even if uh, you lose a close game what you don't want to do is get blown out you want to stay close try to force overtime uh, try to make it a one goal game one way or the other and I think that that's what's setting up here that's why I feel really um, pretty comfortable in saying that this could be the year that you get six WCHL teams in the national tournament.
2: Well, certainly that would be that would be great for what we do and certainly for the teams in the WCHL to have six teams uh, get in. Uh, that would be – I mean, but, you know, again, the, some of these – and I think it would be if it was just determined by that, but you also have a couple of auto bids. That it seems like a lot of times steals a couple of spots that would normally – that's how I think Utah was kind of – well they didn't help themselves last at the end last year but they might have sneaked in still if if uh, there wasn't a couple of uh steals of uh spots because of the conference conference winners that had to get in they got to get a spot so uh you know so i but i think so i think it's a possibility for for 6 and i that said that would be be great but you know there's always it seems like every year a couple of a couple of spots that are, st- st- are i shouldn't say stole i mean they're earned but you know they're, they, go, you know they have these conference tournaments and and, and maybe they're surprises and they're surprises, yeah. And they and they end up taking a, a spot, you know, from somebody else. And that happens in other you know settings. And it's certainly at the highest level in, in certain sports where you have auto bids that end up stealing a, a team that's on a bubble. And speaking like a Big March Madness tournament, there's usually something that happens like that too. But so it's not on it's not a just ACHA thing. But but when you only have twenty spots available, it's a that's it's a it's a premium. Uh, premium to get in there's not a lot of spots there
1: absolutely okay so let's say this Um, we're going to take the uh, next few minutes for you to run down the scores from the weekend because I know you've been tracking those down Um, give us a little recap of uh, what the scores were how competitive the games were Uh, and then uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll preview what's coming up because there's some big big games coming up uh, this weekend so go ahead and give us a rundown on what the scores were Stephen
2: well, we'll start on last Wednesday. Grand Canyon got things started with uh, Davenport in uh, Arcadia, Ice Arcadia. And they uh, they got a 6-3 to three win over Davenport. Uh, so that was exciting for them. And then we go to uh, Thursday. And then the next night, Utah was at Grand Canyon. And Utah won 2 nothing over Grand Canyon. So Utah, at that point, got their first win of the year. And Grand Canyon... Ended up splitting the two games, uh, one against Davenport and then lost against Utah on uh, on Thursday. Then we go to Friday, and the and I'm just looking at WCHL scores here. Of course, there's a lot of other games too, but uh, Arizona State opened up at home against Utah and uh, beat them seven to two on the Friday night. So that was a big win for uh, for Arizona State to win at that that margin. Uh, Cucci got a, two goals, uh, Tillman a goal, uh, Studioso St- Studios getting a a goal so, for Arizona State in that game. Uh, Missouri State beat the University of Illinois 3-0. Uh, Weithop got a goal, and uh, Ross with a couple of goals for Missouri State in that game. So uh, good for them. And then uh, let's see here. We'll go down the line here to... See, so getting a lot of games here. Uh, San Diego State. We'll mention them. Uh, they lost a tough one to Northern Arizona, an M two team at home on uh, a seven to six uh, And then we go to Oklahoma, where Colorado was in Oklahoma and they won a uh, five to three at their game. So that was uh. So again, another a win against uh. We mentioned that of course for uh, University of uh, Colorado getting that win and then we go to uh Arizona and Arizona losing a tough one at home on their first home game of the year to uh Davenport but it was in a shootout so not not terrible and i think for computer purposes it goes as a tie so but but still you know Arizona's a team that really wants to to turn things around this year and and they lose a tough one at the at the start of a, a shootout loss to to Davenport um uh, so I'm sure that didn't feel good for for Chad Berman and company but they did rebound the next night which we'll get to in a minute uh, and then finally, uh, Central Oklahoma, 7-4 to four over Colorado State. So, again, Central Oklahoma scoring seven goals but did give up four. So, you know, they've been giving up some goals here in the early going. But um, you look at uh, – Mik- and I, I, I used to be able to say his name, but it's been a while uh, – Mik-, <laughs> Mik-, Mik Mikhailov. Mik- Mikhailov. He had one, two, three, four goals. So four of the goals for Central Oklahoma <laughs> were by him. And he's yeah, he's great. I mean, I did talk to him during the national tournament, during after one of their wins. But uh, but yeah, so four four goals for him. So uh, that was really the difference there. Because if you take his four goals off the board, of course, then it's a four to three Colorado State win. So he was definitely the star of that game.
1: And and, just, uh, and uh, by the way, did he speak Russian to you?
2: <laughs> uh, no, he he didn't. But I'm sure. Uh, okay,
1: I I, re- I digress. Just go ahead and jump into the next <laughs> one. So we can get on to the but he big could, weekend coming ahead.
2: But obviously he he obviously probably knows Russian very well because you know his English is you know you could tell there's a there's a little bit of a barrier there. But uh, okay, we go to Saturday. We mentioned the UNLV one, so we won't mention that. and That's an exhibition game that doesn't go shouldn't go towards the ACHA record. It won't. But uh, so let's see. I'll go back to uh, let's see here. Arizona State winning three to one over Utah, uh, Studioso getting two goals. Uh, Lackey, who's, who's been with the program a little bit now, he's got a goal in that game. Uh, so he's the um, and the so who's been with them for a few years now. So some of the veterans getting on the board in that game, three to one. Missouri State beating Illinois seven to one, and then we go down more to. Uh, let's see here. Oh, let's mention Liberty. Liberty, uh, we'll give them some props here. Five to four win for them over Niagara. I think they won the night before. Of course, they had their Midnight Mayhem game. I'm sure that was a lot of fun. And then uh, University of Arizona, as I said, came back the next night and won 6-2 to two over Davenport. So, again, they rebounded nicely, getting a big, a big win there. And actually Jesse Lowell getting three goals for Arizona in that game. So he comes through and really helps the team out there. And then the next night, and then Central Oklahoma a four to one win over Colorado State, three for four on the power play. Uh, Sykes a couple of goals from uh, Central Oklahoma. Um, Mikhailov, another goal, so he had quite a weekend there at uh, at Fort Collins.
1: He's then, gonna have a lot of really good weekends. <laughs> yes, just saying. Yes. Okay. And then,
2: uh, and then of course Sunday the, uh, uh, well not the only game in the ACHA, but one of a few. But the uh, uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV, beating Central Oklahoma 5-2. to two. And uh, Sykes getting a goal and, and blah for uh, Central Oklahoma. And then uh, both Wyatt brothers, remember uh, uh, you got uh, the, the other Wyatt brother joined uh, Cole Wyatt, so there's now two Wyatts on the UNLV team. And, and, and Wyatts, both Wyatts got a goal in that game. Also Nick Flanders, who's, of course, uh, been around a few years now. Gallant, who's... You know, still I think this is a second year, and he's uh, he's getting better. And then Paxton Malone, who's this will be his final year, and he gets a big goal uh, at the at the end of the game. So a five to two win for uh, UNLV over Central Oklahoma. Uh, so yeah, so there, there's a look at, the, but two power play goals for Central Oklahoma. Two of the two power play uh, goals uh, for Central Oklahoma in that game. So again, UNLV getting in a little bit of a penalty trouble. There was a couple of five minute major penalties that were taken by UNLV. So give central Oklahoma some power play time. And they capitalized on that and got it to uh, three to two. And then, and then, you know, is was able to pull away again. But, uh, so that's one thing, you know, we will need to, we'll try to, you know, work on to improve, but, uh, but yeah, five, two in for them over central Oklahoma. Okay.
1: Well, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's preview what's happening, including a huge game going on right in your neck of the woods. Um, we need to talk about that one. So, uh, Let's get started, and uh, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes to uh, do all that because it's uh, it's going to be exciting. I can't wait. Play at the
0: premier ACHA D One Men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong, see if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. And visit SDSU Hockey. As San Diego State begins its first season of ACHA M1 Hockey, be a part of the foundation as the Aztecs look to build a new chapter in the city's long hockey history. In addition to our growing hockey program, the more than 36,000 SDSU students in our mini degree programs from bachelor's to doctorate enjoy the best of higher education and lifestyle. Go to sdsu.edu and see if our unique, diverse experience is for you and visit sdsuhockey.com to support the top college hockey program in California. Oklahoma Sooners Hockey, celebrating 20 years of big hits, 20 years of big saves, in 20 years of big goals, go to OUHockey.net and get your season or single game tickets to see the Sooners take on national powers, Minot State, Missouri State, and of course rival Central Oklahoma. Single game tickets are just $10 apiece, while OU students and staff are free with their ID. Youth hockey players are also free if they wear their jerseys. 20 years of Oklahoma Sooners hockey, the action you crave, only faster. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. When you put on that Central Oklahoma Broncos jersey, you represent a championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. Two-time ACHA M1 national champions, four-time WCHL champions, and named a best in the West college by US News and World Report, UCO hits all of the benchmarks for an elite college hockey experience. Our Edmond, Oklahoma campus, which is just minutes from downtown Oklahoma City, has over 100 areas of study and over 200 student organizations to help you find your fit. Whether it's our stunning 210-acre campus or our NCAA-level hockey environment, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com and see if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you.
1: from san diego state and you're listening to the great west college hockey podcast hello fans my
0: name is hunter mozillo and i'm number 26 for the unlv skating rebels and you're listening to the great west college hockey podcast SummerSkate Studios, this is the Great West College Hockey
1: Podcast. Indeed it is. I think everybody's told us now. It is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott any with you, Denver, Colorado tonight. My co-host, is always, Stephen Marsh from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Stephen, big things happening. As I said, we're going to take the last portion of the show and we're going to preview what's going on this weekend because there are some big things. Let's start with, I think, uh, one of the biggest and most exciting events, which is uh, right in your backyard.
2: Yeah, so the uh, right, right in my backyard. If you thirty-minute drive southward to Henderson, if <laughs> you want to call that right in my so backyard. So you got a backyard yeah, like it's...
1: Paul Hornstein, a palatial <laughs> estate. Yeah, so okay. something like that. Thirty-five, a uh, thirty-mile backyard. Okay, good.
2: <laughs> I saw Palatial Estates this past weekend where I was staying, so <laughs> Where were you uh, at this weekend? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh Yeah, so the big the big event this weekend and there's a lot of games going on, but of course the uh the big thing is UNLV again is uh is having their first home game of the season. And, and it's not just a home game. I mean, they're playing Utah, which is of course a a, a good opponent. It always seems to be a battle between those two schools. Uh, but the venue is going to be a little bit different than City National. Uh, for this weekend and uh, both, both games this weekend, they're going to be playing in Henderson. And the first night is the biggest of them all because they're going to be playing at the Dollar Loan Center in, uh, in Henderson, which, of course, is home of the uh, Henderson Silver Knights of the American Hockey League. Of course, it's getting to be home of a lot of things these days. It's getting to be a busy building. But UNLV is going to get a game in there uh, this Friday. And uh, so that's exciting for them. It's about a 5,000-seat venue. And so they'll be playing their home opener there on on Friday at uh, seven o'clock at the dollar loan center. Uh, they're going to do a pregame uh, festivities or, or do a, a tailgate uh, outside there. What's called the tilt yard out there in front of the dollar loan center on uh, at six o'clock. Um, so that'll be exciting for the for fans. So hopefully a lot of people will come out. They've been making a big push for it to get people to, to come out to this game. And, and UNLV has played some, some games in, in these venues before, they've played uh, not the Dollar Loan Center, which is a fairly new building, but they've they've played a couple of games at the Orleans Arena before. Uh, they've played a T-Mobile Arena in, in the past, uh, so they've they've played uh, some games there. But uh, you know, they play primarily their home games at City National Arena. But this, I think, is going to be a, a good test because T-Mobile is big. It's got about you know it's eighteen thousand seats, right? So it's 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 a big big place for for a team of like them, um, you know. And then you've got You've got the uh, the Orleans, which they've played before, and, and they've, they've got a pretty decent crowd in there, but that's about 7,800 seats. So now you got the Dollar Loan Center, which is about 5,000 seats, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of crowd they get. Like I said, it's been a big push for fans to go uh, this Friday and to support this program uh, to kind of see uh, we know what the aspirations are for the program and what they want to get to. They want to they look at an NCAA uh, potential, so hopefully the crowd can come and and support this team and, and put some eyeballs on on the folks at the school, whoever, whoever's involved in making those decisions, and and seeing uh, just seeing what kind of what kind of crowd they can get and, and how good of hockey they are because they are good they are a good team, and to support them as they start their home part of their schedule on Friday night and then on Saturday night they'll be still in Henderson but they'll be over at Lifeguard Arena which is the uh, practice facility for the Henderson Silver Knights and kind of these the uh, a- the Silver Knights version of City National Arena. So they'll be playing over there at uh, eight p.m. on Saturday, and that'll be, as I said, uh, a at, li- at lifeguard. So it's a home means Henderson weekend. as they're looking to kind of give an opportunity to for the folks in the Henderson community to support the team and come to games that are right there uh, in their backyard. It's not my backyard. I, I'm in Vegas. Henderson's way on the <laughs> other side of town. But I know what you're trying to trying to say.
1: <laughs> and, and, and... Anyway, anyway. So uh, I have one question for you: Is uh, the Dollar Loan Center considered an intimate? environment an intimate setting
2: <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> I would. Okay. Say, i would okay. say so and, and this is significant because this is going to be the first college hockey game played at the dollar loan center um, more history more history exactly because uh you know there's obviously the silver knights have played there and they've had some other events in there but not ho- college hockey and so this is going to be uh, an ACHA matchup, but you know we say ACHA is college hockey, so it's going to be a college hockey matchup between uh, Utah and UNLV. Um, we play there on uh, on on Friday, and then the then the big boys, the Silver Knights, have a preseason game there Sunday. But we're talking about UNLV playing there on Friday, so so we know
1: where Stevens going to be camped out Friday, Saturday, <laughs> and Sunday.
2: Yeah, yeah. I should just I should just <laughs> stay in Henderson that whole weekend because it's, I'm going to be there. Friday and Saturday lifeguard is even further away. That's about ten minutes <laughs> further than than it is to Dollar Center. And then, oh, and then of come course... on. Stop it.
1: Do you know what I did this weekend? I, I went yes. to a game in Minneapolis. I not know. I should and never I should and never drove I drove, yeah. drove hundred and fifty yeah. miles north oh. to to Duluth. I stayed there for the game. Yes. I did the podcast yeah. and I drove home at nine thirty at night <laughs> drove back to That's... Minneapolis at nine thirty at night. I didn't get back till uh, twelve thirty or one o'clock in the morning. I put up all the information that I had. I got to sleep about one thirty. My alarm went off at five. Um, I got over to the airport at six. So yeah, don't tell me about thirty miles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: want to hear it. I, I should. Not, I, I never not could top. To I never could top you, even when I think I have to go far you, for stuff. I never could it. top you because you drive fifteen hours in days. You drive ten hours in days. I mean, yeah. You know. <laughs>
1: Anyway, I just uh, choose to
2: fly airplanes everywhere I go. You decide that you want to drive <laughs> everywhere. So
1: okay, so uh, so what we have to do now is before we go on to the rest of the games coming up this weekend, we have to break into this because on Friday night I went down and I saw the uh, defending. Well, they won't be defending this year, but the reigning ACHA D one champion Lindenwood Lions practice uh, before their weekend series against the number two team in NCAA hockey, the Lindenwood Lions. I mean, uh, <laughs> the Golden Gophers from Minnesota. Uh, so I saw practice, did their preview, went back Saturday night, watched the game. It was a 4 nothing game. I thought Lindenwood uh, showed real well for their first ever NCAA game. Saturday night, I went up to Duluth, but Lindenwood and, and Minnesota played again, and it was a 6-4 game. It was much closer. Actually, Lindenwood, I believe, had to leave at least once, maybe twice. But uh, do you happen to know who got the first goal? steven for the uh, in the ncaa history of the lindenwood Lions.
2: i do yes i do i, I posted it on our uh, acha underscore ithsw twitter account uh and that was uh, of course uh, kyle jeffers who people from remember from the national tournament was the uh, mvp of the national tournament as uh, as he helped lindenwood to the championship uh, I talked with him after the game, and that was part of our end of the uh, tournament feature that was put up at that time and uh, a great guy. And, and now he's at the NCAA level with the Lindenwood Lions and he gets the first ever goal in the NCAA history of uh, Lindenwood. So uh, that's ex- very exciting for him and, and not surprising that he was the one, again, he great great player and got better as, as the season went on last year from, from what Reg told me at the time. And and then now he's got this, this goal and, uh, and that's not going to be the only goal he gets. He'll get a few more for sure as the season goes along.
1: Well, and I can also tell you, if it hadn't been him, it would have been Ryan Finnegan because uh, Ryan's been through that program, I think, yep. five years. He's now. another one. that he, he, He's a solid player. So there are a number of good players, and uh, I know they have the hardest schedule on NCAA hockey, but please, please do not overlook Lindenwood. They're going to Michigan this weekend. It's going to be another tough test. All their games are going to be tough tests because the majority of them are on the road. But um, if you don't think you can make the jump from ACHA to NCAA, they uh, and uh, ASU and Penn State are living proof. Okay, what else is going on now that we uh, escaped your backyard?
2: Yeah, so we go to Oregon.
1: We go up to Eugene, Oregon,
2: and we've got Arizona State taking on Oregon, another newcomer to the M1 ranks, and they will meet up are uh, there at the rink exchange up in o- Eugene, Oregon, 7:30 p.m. on Friday. Uh, I'm guessing Saturday is, as well, but these are Friday's games and then uh Liberty is at Minot State, so that's kind of a big matchup there between uh, two undefeated teams early in the season, Liberty and Minot State. That'll be in Minot, North Dakota. So they're go they're good smart getting to go- getting it out of the way early when it's still not freezing cold in uh, in north dakota
1: yeah, be careful though it's so it's october now <laughs> yeah. you're pushing it. you're pushing it but yeah, anyway. as,
2: as we're still in the low 90s here in uh, las vegas <laughs> but <laughs> uh, grand canyon uh, will be at home hosting arizona so this will be a a very uh, interesting matchup this is two arizona schools playing each other in uh, a wchl action and uh this is always seems to be a uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Always seems to be a, f- a dogfight uh, at at Arizona Ice Arcadia, so it will not be easy for University of Arizona uh, to go there and and play Grand Canyon. Uh, what else is going on? Let's see. We've got uh, we've got University of Central Oklahoma taking on uh, Midland. They'll be hosting Midland this this weekend at and uh, Edmond, Oklahoma. So that'll at be going- Arctic Edge. Arctic Edge, ex- exactly and then Colorado State will be hosting Missouri State in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado on uh, on Friday and I believe this would be the same Saturday. Uh, but that might be some, but those are all two game sets. Uh, I believe yeah, Oregon again against uh, Arizona State Saturday. Liberty and Minot against uh, Saturday as well and uh, same with Grand Canyon in Arizona. And that also is the same for Midland and Central Oklahoma. And then uh, Utah and UNLV, as we mentioned, will play at Lifeguard at 8 p.m. Pacific time, and then Missouri State and Colorado State will be in action again on Saturday.
1: All right, that's a pretty good rundown of what's going on. Uh, I do want to say also, you have enough.
2: Do you have enough screens for that to watch all those games?
1: No, no.
2: no. I, you're going to be at, you, you're going to be at NCAs. So you got to watch the NCA games, but
1: yeah. Let me let me tell you my schedule real quick, <laughs> and then we'll get back to ACHA. <laughs> Friday night, I'm going to see Denver and Notre Dame at Magnus Arena in Denver. Then I'm going to drive down Saturday, and I'm going directly to uh, Ed Robeson Arena to watch the first period and a half at uh, Ed Robeson Arena to see the Anchorage Seawolves take on the Colorado College Tigers. Then I'm going to bounce over to the Air Force Academy, and I'm going to watch the final period and a half of uh, Air Force and Notre Dame uh, disappointed, I won't get to see Maine on this trip um, because I can't be everywhere. But um, three rinks in two days and uh, six really good hockey teams. Okay, I do want to mention this. It was just announced recently, uh, a day or two ago, maybe even today. I can't remember. The days all run together. But the Arizona State women's program, the ACHA D1 program at Arizona State, gonna open up Mullet Arena on Wednesday night, Stephen.
2: Yeah, that's going to be really exciting to, to see that. I mean, it's we, we know how uh, excited the uh, the NCAA uh, Arizona State team is for uh, the opening of the arena, and they're going to have their season opening week or home opening weekend there uh, a couple of days later from that. Uh, so it is it is nice though that uh, Arizona State women can get an opportunity to to play there, and uh, I think it'll help Arizona State out the men's side because they'll get a chance to. To you know, test the ice a little bit and play on it and play a game on it and and uh, and see if there's anything that's you know needs to be fixed or anything. So it's all in crisp, pristine condition for when Arizona State uh, plays their first games there that that follow that following uh, weekend. That that's that weekend, a couple of days later, and get that rink going. It's it's exciting that that that, that place is. Ready to go and start having hockey games in there. Obviously, it's going to be a very busy building, which we won't get into why it's going to be so busy. Obviously, for mixed mixed feelings on that because well, there's going to be a a uh, occupant in there that it's going <laughs> to occupy some of the time in there too. But um, but yeah, I think it's it's exciting that the women's uh, ASU women are going to uh, open up the open up there. So here here's their tweet here. It's official. We'll play the first ever game in Mullet Arena. Uh Wednesday, October twelfth. So a week from tonight, at seven p.m., we'll face off against Grand Canyon University, and then uh, it says we will take the ice after Sun Devil hockey. I don't know what that means. I guess <laughs> meaning they're gonna they're gonna watch over it. I guess. For, but they anyway, so that's exciting. Yeah, for for them to be a part of that. Um,
1: well, yeah. Let me say this for for people that aren't aware, Mullet Arena, the new on-campus facility for the. Uh, Arizona State Sun Devils, men's NCAA team. The women will also play there. It's also a wrestling venue, and gymnastics will also be uh, in there. And, of course, uh, as you alluded to, the Arizona Coyotes will (laughs) play. We can't forget about them.
2: As much as we'd love to forget about them.
1: They're scheduled to play their home games there. Let's just put it that way at this point. (laughs) Um, So uh, there will be a lot of hockey going on right on the the heart of the campus of Arizona State. And uh, a couple things. Uh, NCAA action begins Friday and Saturday with the home opener. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be the folks from uh, Colgate coming to play the Arizona State Sun Devils as they open the new Mullet Arena. So I think the plan was maybe three steps. I think one is you gotta you gotta play a game in there so you can run through the game ops and make sure that everything's working correctly and all of that. Um, so I believe that's going to be uh, one of the reasons. I think the other reason is. A lot of people are going to be interested in getting into that building and seeing what it looks like for the first time, and why not give the support to the Arizona State women's team, and they're playing crosstown rival Grand Canyon, uh, so my alums uh, will be there, and uh, that always draws a good crowd anyway. But this should draw even a bigger crowd with that new building and the first actual game being played in there.
2: Yeah, so yep. yeah, it'll be it'll be a good. The other
1: thing, okay, go ahead.
2: No, yeah, I, I want to add to that. That you're right. I think this would be a good. A good opportunity just like you know we has a good opportunity to to play at the dollar loan center still a fairly new building in that and that in its own right the uh women's uh team will get an opportunity because there's so much uh excitement and built up for this new building for fans to get in there and see a game in there um you know especially in that area and so it's it's and people may not be able to go to the arizona state men's games it's going to be obviously probably sold out the games there and then and then obviously with the uh, the other occupant that's going to be in there, that's going to be pretty expensive to see them play in there. So this is a good opportunity to, to get in the building at a fairly uh, good price uh, to see uh, the ASU women go. Plus you're helping a good program out too. And, 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 in, in, in its own right. So that's, that's all positive. Yeah. So I think, you know,
1: the, the, trying out the building, uh, getting people in there to support the, uh, the women's program and, um, you know, and and like I said, breaking it all in is is going to be important. You don't want to have any kind of um, things go wrong in an NCAA game that's streamed around the around the country, around the world, actually. Um, so you, you try to work all the bugs out, and it's a great way to support the uh, the ASU women's program because who knows, maybe one day down the road they become an AC, a uh, NCAA Division One women's program, which uh, would not be a bad thing. So we'll, we'll see how that all plays out, uh, as things are going, but that's next Wednesday night. Um, I did rent a car on Wednesday morning, so who knows? Um, maybe I'll be there <laughs> anyway.
2: Which means if you're there, then we're not Then We ain't doing the show next Wednesday.
1: <laughs> I might be doing it live. I might be doing it live from Mullet. Oh, there you go. <laughs> anyway, that that's, that's, that's out there, but not out there. Um, we'll see. We'll see how things go. We have a lot of irons in the fire, as they like to say. Um, okay. Anything else that I'm missing in the ACHA ranks uh, that we need to, to get out there before we end this uh, episode?
2: Yeah, I guess the other thing right now, uh, I obviously. Uh, Chris Perry does the WCHL podcast. We'll give them a little plug on this show. But they've the last couple of episodes, they've been kind of giving uh, updates on the uh, national tournament, which we know this next year, it's at 2023, 20, uh, it's going to be in Boston. That's this season's uh, national tournament. But the, the the year beyond that, 2024, is is not decided yet. Well, they've been running down the um, the locations of where it could be and what the likelihood that it would be at and some of the i guess locations that people in the in the membership of the M1 level i guess at the whole ACHA cuz it's all the divisions involved is uh is going to be places like Pittsburgh Pennsylvania uh St. Louis Missouri's been mentioned uh i guess is a possibility Tampa Florida is a possibility and Anaheim California is a possibility now I, now the likelihood of it being Florida or Anaheim is probably is is very unlikely it's it's the, the ACHA likes to keep it pretty centrally located, although this year it's in Boston, so it's not very centrally located. It's way over in the East Coast uh, for these teams that are more on the West. Uh, so I think that that should be, and that means one year it should be more on the West Coast. So the, you know, but the East teams always, eh, we don't want to have to travel, it's too expensive everything. So they try to keep the, the tournament pretty centrally located. So that means places like St. Louis, which was there last year, of course, this, this past March, and was a great facility and great place for it to happen. Uh, would be would be a possibility uh, pittsburgh is another uh, possibility and that's a pretty good uh, location i guess there's some logistics about that. people can listen to the wchl podcast chris and his co-host go through it a little bit but um but yeah i think i, I just bring it up because it'd be kind chris of chris
1: and his co-host andrew, andrew yes. back. So we like having andrew back
2: yes yes we do uh yes and of course you've been on a, a guest on the podcast a few times so that's always fun um anyway so i, I guess Probably going to end up being St. Louis, but which was a great place for it. And if it's in St. Louis in 2024, that'll coincide with – well, it won't coincide. It'll have to be before because the NCAA uh, – there'll be a regional for the uh, in, in that year, 2024, for the uh, the Frozen uh, Four tournament will be there. I think so the
1: regional will be right after that.
2: Right after. So they'll have to play it earlier in, in March. Sometimes they do it later in March, sometimes in the middle of March, but up uh, for the ACHA, at least. So Pittsburgh, but you
1: is, know, but let me throw it. I mean, Pittsburgh is a great location. St. Louis is a great location. But if you haven't been to that Anaheim facility of the uh, Anaheim Ducks, that's a fantastic facility. Well, too. Well, and that's
2: I think what it would where it would be. And I and I like I was going to make the point a minute ago was that okay, you had one over there in, in Boston, and this is great because it's supposed to have all these ice rinks, and everybody's going to be able to play at the same time. Um, so I think one year they should make it here out here on the West Coast and make it. Well, in I think it's
1: going to happen. I think it is because I think they want to grow the game. And uh, you can't grow the game if you stay in one certain area. Right. And not to take anything away from St. Louis, Dallas, Boston. They're all great venues. But uh, boy, you, you tell me people don't want to go to Southern California, even in March. Uh, <laughs> sign me up. I'll go. Well, yes, but but you're going to be 10 miles away, Stephen, but
2: but you're going to be playing. You're not going to be there to want you're not going to be there going to the beach. You're going to be there to play play hockey. So, I mean, you know, I mean, the beach will be there, but
1: there'll be there'll be time to go to the beach. You make time to go to the beach. Just don't go to my beach.
2: Not if you're trying to win a
1: national championship. You're so focused on. Well, not the players. I'm talking about the the parents and the fans. Yeah, the parents and the fans would like that. Yeah, I think.
2: And and maybe players are there to
1: win a national championship. Maybe that's what they need to look at
2: they look at the cost of the teams to, to go there but i think you'd get you'd get an appeal of people wanting to go the families the supporters the fans of the teams they may want to go to california to you know let's hope that in a couple of years gas prices are a little bit lower so you know you go to california it's not not too expensive but but still i mean you might you might want oh, yeah, to go to yeah good
1: luck with that the gas prices <laughs> in california are going to be expensive whenever
2: yeah so that might that might detract. but yeah still it's a fun it's a fun uh, place to be by the beach uh, when you, when the team just don't playing. go to my
1: beach, <laughs> yeah. stay away yeah. from my beach.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. That's we'll we'll see. What comes of that? I'm I, I, sure Newport the announcement, we'll see where the announcement, we'll see where the announcement is going to be on that um, coming up. But it sounds like it's leaning more towards St. Louis again, or maybe Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll see. Uh, maybe it surprises us and maybe it's, it's Anaheim or Tampa, but sounds like right now it's probably either going to be St. Louis or, uh, or pittsburgh so uh, i yeah. i personally oh. i would hope it's, it's pittsburgh because i've never been to pittsburgh so it'd be another new place for me to go oh, to st. of louis, course st. Louis it's all was about fi- Stephen, isn't it st louis was <laughs> fine and you know i i had my time there and uh if it's there again we'll go back and and uh and, and do another week there but uh you know if, if you want to make it in another uh new place you know get move it around a little bit
1: yeah well i've been to pittsburgh for the frozen four so yeah. I, can, I can guide you around there.
2: Okay, Yeah, I know you're going to be guiding me around when we're in Boston. Tell me where all the uh, – <laughs> get all the best uh... – <laughs> I'll
1: get you the best uh, clam chowder.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, my favorite type of food. <laughs> and
1: lobster roll. Oh, yeah. In Boston.
2: That's right, in Boston.
1: That's <laughs> a <At the> garden. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. Now. All right, oh. uh, since we ran over as usual, uh, I'll let you take it away.
2: From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, no one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. I M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. The University of Oklahoma, celebrating 20 years of Sooner Hockey. The action you crave, only faster. For ticket information and more, go to ouhockey.net. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas and 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue, Las Vegas style. And maybe people before they go in the UNLV game can get some uh, Jesse Ray's. It'll be out there in Henderson there. Uh, San Diego State University, 200 undergraduate programs in the top college hockey in California at sdsuhockey.com and sdsu.edu. Drury Inn & Suites, our quality and value have earned us 16 straight J.D. Power Awards. Book your stay at DruryHotels.com. Liberty University, strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at Liberty.edu. AT&T, get more with Unlimited your way. Get the perfect plan for each member of your family. Central Oklahoma, championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. See if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you at uco.edu or ucohockey.com. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all of the Ice Time Hockey West Podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network.
1: Very well done, my friend. Nice rundown. Nice, uh, almost a marsh whipper around, but not quite. So uh, we we really uh, are excited about this coming weekend. Good luck, Rebels. Good luck, Utah. That's going to be a great matchup. Uh, well, we're going to
2: have no short. We're going to have no shortage of things to, to talk <laughs> about and recap and go over between now and and March. Well, maybe get a little slow in December with when the t- when the holiday break happens but other than that it's gonna be as you see an <laughs> hour we blew, we blew through an hour we'd have no guests but we just blew through the hour i mean I there's so much to talk about and there's so many big things especially this weekend that are happening too but uh every we'll week back with the guests at, next week. every week it'll be big stuff happening somewhere i'm sure
1: absolutely all right uh we'll uh, say a little good night with, from roger klein the peacemakers with a little de niro good night everybody